0: Peanut butter and jelly in a brown bag.
2: Mmm. Avocado and lime.
0: Large hunk of triple cream free. Ah, perfect. Cream cheese and jelly sandwiches. On a cinnamon raisin bagel.
2: Roasted potatoes.
0: Lentil salad. Peanut butter and fluff. An avocado and a spoon. Dunkaroos. Cilantro. Salami on white bread. No crust. Pizza soup.
2: Bread crumbs.
0: <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to Burnt Toast from Food52.com, a podcast about what we talk about around the stove, at the water cooler, in the office. So it doesn't make it onto the website, but what we're all talking about otherwise. I'm Kenzie Wilbur, managing editor of Food52, and I'm here with Kristen McGlory, our executive editor. Hi, Kenzie. Hi, Kristen. And we're also here with bookseller and author of Lunch at the Shop, Peter Miller. Thanks for coming, Peter. Hi, Kenzie. So where should we start? You are you run a design bookstore. Mm-hmm. And you wrote a book about lunch. Can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of that and how that came to be?
2: Well, we even though the store is near the Pike Place Market and there are plenty of places to eat, it became clear that we could have a more efficient and a more exotic and a more humorous lunch if we simply made it. And we started to you know, make the simplest of preparations to serve three or four people and it caught its own momentum I think and we've done it for eight or ten years now so it's become partly this humor of what's for lunch and what time's lunch and once it's ready shut the door so no one else (laughs) is going to come and it's when I saw that and I saw how interactive it is when Everyone is sitting, has stopped, has taken a minute to not do what they were doing for a second, it led me to realize there's a kind of momentum and system to making lunch at the shop. And that's what the book's about. Mm-hmm. There was a, there, and I thought, God, I can make salad for four people from half as much lettuce, and it will be quite you know, refresh and we'll put it out and that'll be that. And then we can see what we've got and God knows we can add to it. And anyway, once you fool with that system, you then get these new respects for feta cheese. I mean, (laughs) there are thousands of feta cheeses, but some of them are quite wonderful. And once you find that feta cheese, and once you discover that if you store it in salty water, it'll keep for damn near a week. And once you sprinkle it on a salad, then everything's fresh.
0: Feta
1: cheese as metaphor.
2: Yeah, the feta cheese <laughs> The feta cheese is today.
1: For culture and a flourishing office community. Right. And it's very interesting because it's not,
2: especially in terms of a salad every day, it's not as if the most expensive feta cheese is the perfect one. It's just the... Freshest one.
0: Well, so that's a really good point. Not the most expensive feta cheese is is the is the best one, and not the lunch that takes the hour that takes mm-hmm. an entire hour is the best one, and not the lunch that is prepared in a in a fully stocked kitchen is the best one. That's right. a really important part of your book. Is that you really only need ten minutes? You need a bowl. Mm-hmm. You need a peeler. Mm-hmm. You know, you need nice olive oil and vinegar, and you can sort of make do.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, no one really can compete against a freshly tossed salad you just can't
0: so i want to back up a little bit we started we started off with beautiful lunches and and beautiful salads and the the aspect of community and taking a break from the middle of your day and you know we're such a fan of all the recipes in this book we put it in the piglet last Mm -hmm. year for the food 52 tournament of cookbooks But I want to talk, let's talk about takeout. Let's talk about the other side. Let's talk about those clear plastic boxes. Is there value in takeout?
2: There is value in takeout. Our favorite takeout is to find a place that makes a great soup. Everything else they do may not be good, but for some reason, you can find a place that simply makes, particularly a lentil soup. And if you do find – we found one last week that was brilliant. And if you find such a place, then you – because you can't always have a soup ready. But if you find a place that has a lentil soup, you can throw everything into a lentil soup. You can throw fried chicken into a lentil soup. You can throw, you know, pears and cheese into a lentil soup. You can throw Hmm. yesterday's pasta into a lentil soup. Lentils love company. They're like uh, (laughs) – They're like corduroys or blue jeans or something. They love company,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and sometimes, to be fair, you're not ready with a lunch, and so we would we'd go foraging. Um, there's a there's a a very sweet story in the book about a class from Mexico City of twenty students who came to the store and with a wonderful man named Javier Sanchez, an architect from Mexico City. Prince really. And they came and he said, well, you know, we should have lunch. And and I said, well, it's a lot of you, 20. I'm not ready for 20. <laughs> and he said, well, well, we'll send them out. So we sent 20 of them out to the public market. And they were completely. They were. It was nothing to them. They went and got all the things you would need for twenty people to eat. They got fruits and vegetables and bread and cheeses and everything, and laid it all. And it took. It took nothing. Now, that assumes you have a market somewhere. Mm-hmm. And but typically. You don't typically. What you have is food in plastic containers.
1: I love that about your book that it's appropriate for people who have all manner of things. You know, in, in an office kitchen, if they don't have a stove or an oven, mm-hmm. you don't have that, right? No. What no. do you have?
2: Well, for the most part, when we did the book, we were in a location right by the market, and we so we we had an abundance. Now we're about four blocks away, which is not a great distance, but you find yourself thinking, I don't have time to go four blocks, to go check to see what's at the market. Four
0: blocks can be a lot in the middle of a workday. Yep. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And you,
2: it's a- A mountain to scale. Well, because it's eight blocks when you get back, Mm -hmm. and it's 15 minutes, and that's right out of your preparation, Mm -hmm. and, you know- It's
0: a whole lot of emails. Yeah,
2: and you have to play fair, Mm -hmm. and better you- pick up something as you're going by at 8:15 in the morning but frankly the places we need aren't open at 8:15 in the morning the you know the italian deli's not open or the fruit stand hasn't got everything up so four blocks can be a, a difficult affair anyway we moved four blocks and now we actually have a almost a full kitchen down in the basement and we did a we did a little presentation at Tom Douglas's Hot Stove Society in Seattle as a kitchen presentation. And they have these little hot plates, the new hot plates that are induction. Mm-hmm, sure. So I think that, uh, to my mind, that's probably an improved way to not have to use a microwave.
0: Well, let's talk about your stance on microwave cooking for a second because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is all. It seems a little anti-microwave to mm-hmm. me. Is that true?
2: Well, it was all we had in the other store. It was the only way we could heat a soup, so we did it. I'm not sure my intuition of a microwave is all on the positive. And judging from how many were always left on the loading dock at the back of the office building.
0: Well, you said something <laughs> really funny that that you should never buy your own microwave that <laughs> That you just let the world know you need one and it'll come to you. Well, it's a little
2: bit like buying a dog. There's so many that need a home.
0: There are so
1: many that need a home. <laughs> and, and they really never die.
2: They never die. And when they do die, there's another right there. It really is uh, <laughs> looking for some. Right in line behind it, waiting at right. the door. No, there are a lot of microwaves out there. I, I love <laughs> don't, these.
0: <laughs> don't feed straight microwaves. No, 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 really.
2: <laughs> I know you can find them. If you just raise your hand, one will come. But this new little hot plate. Is really quite cool. So I mean it's have you seen
1: them? Yes, and induction heats I sound like an advertisement for induction, but like it really does heat as fast as microwaves if not faster sometimes. I'm kind of amazed at how quickly it boils water or like, you know, suddenly a soup is boiling furiously. Yep,
2: and it's perfectly safe because it goes off the instant it's not on or the instant I mean it's a quite amazing piece.
1: So whatever you have whatever tools you have you can come up with some sort of lunch is the is the thesis you in your different types of offices Mm -hmm. you've been able to do that no matter Mm -hmm. kind of you know you can optimize it with your equipment but even if you don't have optimal equipment yes you can pull it off
2: i think if you you know i think if you can clean the lettuce i think if you can mix the salad i think if you can find a way to store the oils that they stay fresh you're golden and it's the it's the tension of it not appearing dreary to you it's the mm-hmm. it's the sort of primness of it that keeps you thinking oh this is i can do this I, I i always say to people you know i'm i love it that you did it on fridays i would really love it if you did it three or four times a week because you remain more upbeat
0: i mean that brings there's also this really great idea about lunch being about resourcefulness Mm -hmm. It's about using up the food that you have left and Mm -hmm. sort of... And when you do it with... Your team in your office—you all have something different left, and so how do you bring that together? When our team was smaller at Food 52, we did this every single day. Someone mm-hmm. would be like, "I have a stray nub of potato. I have a half a bulb of fennel that's kind of wilting. Do we care? No, we don't." Mm-hmm. Kristen one time brought in this heel of bread <laughs> that was so hard it could have taken out a human being. It was it's so shameful. It was shameful. a weapon
2: at it's, this point. It's, it's a, was, a great word, heel of bread.
1: It was. It was a heel. It, <laughs> it was, was a real. Yeah, but it's a great. It was a real disgrace. I mean, this was because I wanted to contribute something and I had literally nothing in Mm -hmm. my kitchen. I had no, you know, everyone else was bringing these beautiful things. It was summer. And so people were bringing beautiful things from the farmer's market and very like (laughs) carefully thought out contributions. And I just, I looked desperately around my kitchen and opened the freezer and there was a very freezer burnt loaf of bread. And I didn't realize how freezer burnt it actually was (laughs) until Kenzie was trying to saw through it on the counter. And it was, she couldn't get the knife through it. And as soon as she was dragging the serrated knife through it, it was actually squeaking. It was squeaking. And I started putting my whole body weight on it and (laughs) sort of rocking it back and
0: forth. It was a feat. Mm -hmm. It was a real feat. We got through it. We ate it. Um, We ate it. And what we did is we made, uh, we made bread soup with it. Because mm-hmm. what else do you do with bread that hard it needs to rehydrate <laughs> honestly yeah, um, and, to... It,
1: and it was great
2: it's point of honor point of honor you have it and
1: <laughs> and you're not afraid to
2: and you're not show afraid <laughs> to stand with it yeah
0: you have this you have the this chapter in in or the at the very end of your book you talk about using what's left in the fridge mm-hmm. you have fridge clean out lunches can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that
2: well we do it we do it on Friday because Everyone's gone on Saturday and Sunday, and you don't, I don't want to leave it all in there. So we bring out what's finished for that week and we lay it out. And that's when your little, the variety of your bowls. So you make each little bowl look as you retail it, really.
1: You <laughs> re merchandising. You know, re yeah.
2: merchandise <laughs> the broccoli rob. And you look at it and you go, oh, you, but if you, You know, you sort of touch it and prompt it and slightly salt it and put a little bit of lemon near it or.
0: It sort of (laughs) absorbs the lemon through osmosis, becomes better.
2: And you, it's yours to retail.
0: What's the most challenging thing that you've ever had to re-merchandise?
2: I'm trying to think if we had a heel of a, <laughs> a <laughs> nothing heel that, bad. that that even a knife would not penetrate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's really hard is cold pizza. Mm. Oh. There's a pizza in Seattle that has a very soft and a very soft center. It's a really quite good pizza, but it has this very soft and they won't change it. You can ask them to cook it in their Brilliantly wood fired oven longer to get a slight crisp underneath, and they never quite do
0: for our Seattle listeners or people that are going there can you can you name the,
2: the yeah, tribuna via tribunale and they will argue that that that's true. I will argue that if you should have some left over and you heat a great big cast iron frying pan mm-hmm. with a little olive oil Ooh. you have to you have to be a little careful about the temperature because if it's too hot, it'll just burn too quickly because mm. it's cheese and the sugar from the, usually there's a little sugar in the dough, but if you heat the olive oil, and if you don't heat it enough, of course, then it's just doing the backstroke in the it's bra- oil. It's right? braising. <laughs> you're braising. you braising. Your you're braising, braising. the pizza. It's also not what you Which, want. I mean, I would eat, yeah. but it's fine, probably not. but not as perfectly. Yeah. And if you do that and then you put the pizza in, it will get, in, you know, a minute, it will be quite perfect with slightly crispy bottom. Do you and cover
1: it to, to heat up the top part?
2: If, depending on the season... And if it's had its time with the freezer or with the sense of freezer burn, if it really just feels dull and dry, add a little bit of water to the top of it and then cover it. Mm. And then you can add whatever you add fresh at the last minute, then you can add the basil at the last minute to the top after you've uncovered it. It literally depends on which kind of pizza it is. If, it's the, if it has sausage or something, then cover it because you've got to get the heat. You're in a little race getting, trying to get the heat in, the other thing we discovered is if you cut it up into pieces, and then put it into a hot oven or into that cast iron thing, and then put those strips of the pizza into a soup, it's quite great. Oh wow! It's great.
0: That's like it's like it's pizza wonderful. tortilla soup or something yes. wow. like that. That's
2: right. You use it, you know, you use it pizza as a Mexican al soup,
0: pomodoro. Yes. <laughs> Whoa! And it's wonderful. We've got some work to do. Yeah. yeah. No, um, it's wonderful.
2: And then you're, then you always, you think. Make sure we have leftovers because it's, it's a great thing. And you can do you can do it in a, a cranberry soup or you can do it in um, – we did it in a cannellini soup. That It was great.
1: What's the ideal state of that pizza soup? Is it a little
0: bit
1: <laughs> – 100% serious asking this. Uh, yeah, no, no, this because is Because I want to know, you know, do you wait at all for it to kind of absorb yes. or do Kristen's you want it – face is very earnest right now. <laughs> do you want it crispy? I d- yeah, you I... want
2: it slightly crispy. You okay. don't want, it, but you could also sink it like a stone and do the. Pomodoro oh, so thing.
1: you're actually floating it, sort of on top.
2: I, I'll lay it on top.
1: Ah. I, I would sink mine.
2: I'm, <laughs> yeah. just, I'm a but fan if, of the. If it's slightly it's DIY. If you've made it slightly crispy before, and you sink it, it'll stay slightly crispy. It's really because you it's can very, have both. Yeah, you can have both. Oh, pizza soup. <laughs> pizza uh, both. I think
0: we should. I think we should have just... it your way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it, you know, it's great.
1: Wow. That's yeah, yeah, great.
2: It's a <laughs> wow. It's thank a, you for that what other are,
1: are there other like surprising things like that? Would you do that with like quesadillas or would you do that with taco or things that you wouldn't think at all of saving in their in their you know formed state because they would just you know the soggy and the crisp would merge and and turn into something different would like are there other things like that that are leftovers that you have found surprising ways to resurrect?
2: We put everything into a soup yeah <laughs> literally when we put and And we did a show in Canada, and someone asked about to go, and I said, well, we'll we'll send someone out to get a Mondo Burrito, and there was this great silence, and (laughs) (laughs) turns out Mondo Burritos haven't crossed the border. No one had ever heard of it, but... You have Mondo burritos here. No,
1: I don't We don't think have Mondo so. burritos. Oh, maybe Not to it's my a, knowledge. Maybe that, it's a, I thought that just meant, like, large burritos. You know, Me too. Well, it, does, it does sort of mean. Yes.
2: Well, it's, it's a the, reference. I putting the, like, Teenage yes. Mutant Ninja Turtle on that. Yeah, yeah same. It is a, it is a reference. It might be a tall timber Northwest reference. Maybe it turns out it is just, I literally thought it was everywhere, but there's a Mondo burrito, which is like a giant truck of a burrito. Giant. and no one except people that have giant trucks with giant wheels can eat all of it Mm -hmm. but if you send someone out to get just one we can serve four people with the giant burrito but we'll we'll take it cut it into fours or sixes it really is a
1: are you doing, like, a, are you cutting it straight down its you belly, like it, a roulade or a burrito? It, right. <laughs> That's right. Wow. You cut it straight mm-hmm. down. So you have people who prefer the end pieces. You have
2: people that are, you know, who wait for the end pieces. Uh-huh. And you just boom, 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 like this. And then you saute those what? in a little bit of olive oil and you can... Which side? Both sides.
0: You want to oh, crisp so that, it up. But
1: the flour, the closed side, you're not, like, trying right. to sear the open side right. somehow.
2: Right.
1: Fuse it together.
2: hmm Or you can, Lisa's favorite was, she said, I don't care about that. She just opened the giant thing, which she just considered to be the container for all that was inside. (laughs) (laughs) Shook it out. Right. (laughs) Like a blanket. (laughs) Right. Take all that out. Get everything out of it. And then she said, you know, it's Friday. And she would go get fried chicken. And then slice, then whack that into small pieces and hit it with lemon juice
0: so you take a burrito <laughs> it has to be big you unwrap it
2: Here, take, and then you it. put yes.
0: fried chicken on the top of it and yes. how is that not in this book
2: because <laughs> no. i think is it great it's, great. Yeah. And it's then, great and then if you're really lucky you have some pitas and you just put like a little bit of hummus on it just to moisten the surface and then you Spoonfuls of that in, and that's and it.
0: you scoop up the whole mess with uh, that. And
2: you scoop it all up. Wow. Oh,
0: okay, that. so that's going to be our team lunch next week, Kristen. Yeah. And it be great. Fusion.
2: But the whole business, I love Peter Miller, Kristen, you're exactly <laughs> right about the crispy part about going into the soups. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you make the cannellini soup and you make it slightly creamy, then it loves all that crispy. Ooh. The crispy and the creamy is
1: by creamy. Do you mean do you puree some of puree, the beans? You and add puree two thirds of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. There's also. Do you know? You know. Rancho Gordo beans. We mm-hmm. talked about this? Yes. They have these cassoulet beans, and that they're was the first one that so I tried. Good. And They're so good. And they the puree of them is so smooth. It's like vanilla ice cream. It's just these – because they're these – and they're the perfect base for all of these fooling around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also, even if you only have canned beans, doing that – We yes. We learned, actually, we did this with Marcella Hazan's some sort of cannellini bean soup mm-hmm. last summer, actually – and even with canned white beans, it mm-hmm. makes them totally luxurious. Yep. Not completely. quite vanilla ice cream, but no, not completely. quite. But so close. <laughs> but I
0: honestly, I, every single time I cook a marcella recipe, I, it's hard to not think how magical it is. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the half piece of poached chicken withering <laughs> in the back of the fridge, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, mostly because I wanted to talk about office fridge culture. I feel like it's a dog-eat-dog dog world in there. It's sort of like at our office we label, otherwise people will eat all of our food. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know how you, how you handle that, if you ever notice your very precious thing of cooked lentils that has been eaten, or are there? do you have any stories about, about office fridge culture?
2: It's the storage container tyranny. Of <laughs> and mismatched storage containers, mis- too, they're not nesting mismatched in there, and they go into drawers that then don't open because, <laughs> because there's they... a very real <laughs> abyss so in they... a fridge. It's taking it seriously enough to keep track of all your storage containers. And we talked about in a way, storage containers should. Less be in a drawer and more be out on open shelves somewhere. But who has so many shelves that you can have an elegant display of storage containers? But it's the only way I know to keep track of these things. And the storage containers you can't look in, they're the most dangerous.
1: So do you have a labeling system? Are people encouraged to label what they bring in so that they are forced to reckon at some point?
2: Uh, We don't have a system. I've never found one that... Doesn't make the task even drearier. Uh, mm. I've never found the masking tape to actually help, but I'm sure it'd be wonderful. It's a shame mostly it's a shame that the design of a refrigerator is such that there's only one front line. I would love a refrigerator that had 12 squares.
0: <laughs> like cubbies.
1: Like,
2: yes. What yes. was
1: that TV show? With the Hollywood squares? Hollywood
0: squares. Yes. Yes, <laughs> Each squares. person had a square. <laughs> yes. Everyone. Except for they yeah. weren't, it wasn't a game show when you opened the door.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would love 12 squares. I would love the refrigerator to be such that you could see because you can't see.
0: But then there are the condiments for the common masses, right? You share the olive oil. You share the butter. Yes. But do you share the peanut butter? What are those gray area things where it's like, mm, nope, that's mine?
2: Yep.
0: You know, it's, it's, it's almost like having a roommate and, and, and figuring out. What you share, what you don't share. Right.
2: There's always someone who will it's eat politics. All the almond butter. There's always <laughs> much someone. More than the, right, much more than the peanut butter. The almond butter is a is it...
0: So you wouldn't want me in your office because I have to be honest, I'm the person who eats all the
2: almond butter. You are? Yeah, there is a one. So <laughs> there is a one it's, and it's
0: me it, it, and I And
2: it's the one you never think. Yep. <laughs> so what do you think? This is a confessional. It's, it's the one you never think. I steal all the nut butters. Yeah, the almond butters. It's a, It's the one you wouldn't think.
0: I would like to use this opportunity to apologize to I, all my uh, former roommates. No,
2: the one you wouldn't think. Um...
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we don't have a ton of time left and I want to talk about some of the most desperate lunches you've ever eaten Mm. i I can start Um, mine is honestly nut butter out of a jar with a spoon
2: ah you are the one (laughs) (laughs) but you know that's not infrequent
1: that's not (laughs) i think mine if we're talking about in the office where we have we are lucky enough at food 52 to have access to a pantry of you know, nuts and various dry goods. And so the pantry trail mix, Mm -hmm. where you just kind of go and kind of pour a little bit of – you're like skimming off the top. You're not doing the Kenzie where you just keep returning to the almond butter, but you're just taking a little bit of the pine nuts and a little bit of the dried cherries and all of that and kind of mixing it into a bowl and then shoveling that. Okay. So that is – okay.
0: But in this conversation, pine nuts and dried Mm cherries, off limits. Too
2: too extra. Too nice. Yeah, I mean – Exotic.
1: Right. Right. Well, there's definitely some like semi-sweet chocolate chips in there like too. The, the, okay. All right. We want the uh, we want the bottom shelf. Bottom the bottom
0: shelf, shelf lunches here.
2: Can you use yogurt?
0: Yeah, that's allowed. That's in play. Yogurt is in play.
2: Yogurt's yogurt's a savior. Now that there's an army of dueling and competing Greek yogurts, it's twice the savior because you really can find them. I mean, there was a time when you couldn't find yogurt in any. Now you can find it in any store. You can find it in a seven eleven.
0: Mhm. Bodegas. Yeah. I mean
2: mm-hmm. anyone will have yogurt. And as long as you have yogurt, you can you can put salt on it in your home. I mean you can uh... Which is
0: really, really good. Salt and olive oil and yogurt, yep. by the way. Salt I mean, and olive oil yeah. and yogurt.
2: And it is one of the deliveries that is most important in an urban setting where the rest of it where the rest of it looks not to be in your The benefit of your health Mm -hmm. this cup of yogurt i think will save you and it will also coat your stomach uh, take your hunger away finish you until you can get to safety
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's your raft yes so i mean i was hoping for like deep dark. And I got, and I got yogurt. I mean, you guys are better than me. I ate like a a good humor, strawberry cheesecake, ice cream bar for lunch last week. I had ice cream for breakfast
1: today. Okay. There we go. Now we're on the same level. We're just going to keep racing to the bottom
2: now. Yeah, Totally. Totally. Here it goes. It's all over.
0: Um, Peter, are you familiar with a Tumblr called sad desk lunch?
2: A lot of people have told me about it. And every once in a while I take a
0: take a peek or take a look at it now so we brought in some of our favorite recent posts we thought it might be interesting to have you provide some commentary on them and just sort of describe what you're seeing <laughs> and here's the first one which is my favorite oh. so it's a it's a mister coffee pot oh it's
2: that's what it is fu- it's a, filled with <laughs> ramen noodles filled with ramen noodles oh. which
0: is actually i mean it's, it's pretty smart it's
1: kind of clever kind of clever it's a hack right mm-hmm.
2: Ramen's a brilliance. And it, it, you sh- it, it should always be there. Um, it's a brilliance. And, oh, this is really sad. But, <laughs> <laughs> Would you eat that? <laughs> no.
0: Okay, here's another one that I really like. What do we have?
2: This is some kind of a shake. The shake and gum combination you gum
0: for protein.
2: Gu- the gum, yeah, the, the gum to, as a finisher, as, I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
1: as a last course. The gum course. as to wrap
2: it up to get. <laughs> it's
1: a palate cleanser. Yeah, it
2: is a palate cleanser. It's a, a mousse bouche, but <laughs> I, I think that it's an interesting thing to me to be in Manhattan because you have brilliant corner stores now. We don't have it in Seattle. We don't. Our corner shops have two year old sandwiches. Or it seems that way compared to you. (laughs) I mean you you have things here in in a subtlety pushed by the fact that everyone is suddenly everyone is having lunch at twelve thirty. And I understand that the best instinct is to simply stop the sense that you're hungry so that you can go back to work. And you know, I would it's, argue it's
0: food as fuel.
2: But it's not even food as fuel. It's to make, it's to make the request disappear. The request from your body, I need something. And you know, without sounding too patriotic about the whole thing, it's not a brilliance of response to make it go away. You have a million issues that don't come up, and yet everybody has them. For you know, one is. People really get tired of spending $12 every day on a half-assed lunch. Mm -hmm. But in subtler situations, like I have a daughter in Sweden, and they're very strict about everybody taking a break. Stop!
0: Yep, take a break, make a lunch, and then hopefully your next book will be about the crusade of offices needing nap rooms.
2: A nap would be an interesting one. <laughs> I, I, you know, It'd be I a would, short book. I would really, it would be a <laughs> short one. I, I would honestly, I will one day have the courage to close the shop for an hour and a half and
1: take a siesta. Oh, yeah. And, Who is running the shop when you're having lunch?
2: Somebody, somebody's job is to stand some poor soul. <laughs> job is to stand, and as a recompense, they get to sit in a sort of longer piece. When everyone's done and so it's not entirely and they don't have to do any dishes
0: well we have some burritos to unwrap and put fried chicken on top of
2: and the pizza
0: soup we have thank you for giving us that tip we will be using it i'm sure in the coming months and thank you for talking with us about lunch it was oh, a lot pleasure. of fun this is fun So that's it for this episode of Burnt Toast. Our producer today is Tim Einenkel. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Our Twitter address is at Food52, and you can email us at editors at food52.com. If you like the show, tell everyone you know, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you have any lunch stories, sad or otherwise, we want to know about them, so Instagram them and hashtag them with F52podcast. And we're going to regram our favorites. For Kristen McGlory and Peter Miller, I'm Kenzie Wilbur. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.